0: I was praying a lot um, for tonight, because it's the first one, it's our first time together in 2020, and I didn't, you know, I don't like to make a a message so that I sound really smart and I know what I'm doing up here. Um, Of course, I don't want to look like a fool, but um, I really want to make sure that what God, what I speak or what I say is what God has in his heart. And... Um, I was really believing and praying that God was going to give me a word, and it took a long time. He wasn't speaking, but um, I really believe that this is something that he wants uh, for us tonight. And to be honest, I started this year with lots of questions in my mind, maybe like some of you. Um... I had so many things that I was thinking about and they were bringing anxiety and fear of the unknown into my mind and they were even shifting my focus from God um, to the things that at the time would seem impossible or unanswered by God. And at the beginning of this year, I, I'm, I was thinking and I was worrying and I know that God made me stop. It was like I had to stop. It was like I heard him say, you need to stop for just a minute. And you need to be intentional about remembering how good I have actually been to you for the past decade. And I sat down and I started thinking about everything that God has done in the past 10 years of my life. Um, I'm not going to bore you with it. But I took note of it. I actually wrote down key things that I had forgotten or key things that started filling me with faith. I started remembering times where God had provided or incredible things that I had seen him do or different things that started to bring like this renewed encouragement and faith so that I could start this year not feeling like this is impossible, but remembering that God has already brought me through so much. And he has already done so much. See, we're not meant to dwell in the past. That's for sure. And we can't be comparing or thinking, well, the past used to be so much better. The good old days. How many of you have said things like that? But, but, and this is a big but, the Bible does talk a lot about remembering The Bible tells us constantly, remember what God has done. All all over the Bible, you see God stopping his people once he's done something amazing. And he tells them, stop right here. We're going to name this place something so that you remember what I did here. Stop. You're going to build something so you remember exactly where something amazing happened. And you're going to tell your children. Stop. We're going to commemorate this with a feast or a celebration of some sort. It's all over the Bible. It's, it's God's way of feeding our faith, of not letting us forget His goodness and what He does for us. So tonight, in just a minute, we're going to take a look um, at something that happened in Joshua 3 and 4. And if you don't have Bibles, we have some provided for you, or the Scripture will come up behind me as well. But I have a question, and you don't have to answer me. But maybe you can have you noticed how sometimes things get a lot worse before they get better have you noticed that like you're praying for something and you're really hoping god's going to do something and then all of a sudden it's like what what's happening Are you, like, making it worse on purpose? Like, I don't understand. You know, and I feel like that happens a lot. I feel like um, we're praying or we're clinging to God for a promise and we're believing for something. But instead of moving positively, it seems like things just get harder for a reason. And I truly believe God calls us to constantly remember his faithfulness and how he has worked in the past so that when we hit those before the promised land times in our lives, we don't give up so that we know the God who brought us this far is the one that will continue to hold us all the way through. I believe that God's desire is that we would be able to walk into this new year and even decade completely sure that God is not only walking in with us, but that he already knows what's coming and that he is preparing us for what is coming. He wants our hearts to be in the right place and our souls to be totally assured that he's not going to leave us. Maybe you're looking at me and you're saying, Paula, the journey up until this point has just been too hard. I couldn't wait for 2019 to finish. I couldn't wait for the past 10 years to finish. I just couldn't wait. And 2020 is not looking a whole lot better, to be honest. There's so many things I don't know. There's so many things I have no idea how any amount of prayer could fix. Yeah. Maybe you've started 2020 with a full-on battle. Maybe there's a diagnosis of some sort. Maybe there's a relationship that just ended. Maybe there's finances. Maybe you have no idea how you're going to make it to next month. Maybe there's so many unanswered prayers, you have no idea how God is going to tackle them all. We've all been there. But tonight, if you don't take anything else, I want you to take something. Doubt is a faith killer. Doubt will creep in to our hearts and will make us forget 100% who God is. It will kill our faith slowly but surely. Even in the bleakest situation, we cannot allow doubt to stay. And God, he knows this. He knows we're humans. He knows us, he knows our weaknesses. And sometimes I think it's funny because when we read the Bible, you're looking at them and you're like, what's wrong with you? Your problems get fixed in like a page. Like, you know, like I, I'm going to turn it and you're good. You know, like how how are you doubting? Or you just saw him like it rained bread. You know, if it was raining bread, I'd be like, I'm going to believe forever. You know, it's raining bread and water's coming out of rocks and, and there's like, rivers turning into blood. How are, what's wrong with you people? It's easy to judge them. I'd like to believe that if I had been there, I would be like, I know for a fact that we're going to be good. But that's not the human heart. The human heart is tricky (laughs) and weak. And life is complicated. And many times we just, we forget. We are very forgetful. And when we forget, we start to complain and murmur. And we start to say things and allow thoughts that are not true. And we hold on to them. And we allow crazy things in our minds like, maybe this is the one time God misses a person, it's me. Because, you know, that's just my luck. He's going to forget my prayer, it's going to be me. But this is why he calls us to be intentional about remembering not only what he has done, but who he is. The Israelites were God's chosen people. They had a promise. They'd been talking about this promise for ages. They would come into this land where honey and milk flowed and they would have rest. And they'd been looking forward to this for generations. They knew it was coming. They knew they were coming out of Egypt. And finally, one day, they were going to reach this amazing place. And from the time the promise was made to the time they actually made it to Jericho, they had seen God take care of them in, in such amazing ways over and over again. And yet, they doubt it. They doubt it so much. And they complained. And it clouded their vision. If they forgot who brought them out of Egypt, they forgot who brought them this far. And you know what? There was a whole generation that didn't make it into the promised land. There was a whole entire generation that God left in the desert. And we think, like, Why? I want you to look with me in Hebrews 3, 16 16 and 19. It should be up there. This is what the New Testament tells us about this. It says, For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who were disobedient. So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. I sat there and I looked at this verse over and over, and and you would think that it would say that because they were sinners or they were uh, disobedient or they complained too much, but it said because of unbelief. See, as bleak as this might sound, please hear me out. Because these people, even though they had a promise from God Himself, they doubted Him, and this doubt turned into disobedience in their heart. Why? Because they didn't think that He would keep His promise. They didn't believe that He would be good to them. They'd seen Him do amazing things, but they didn't think He was going to come through for them one more time. They didn't trust Him. So they complained and they murmured. The distrust in their heart bore fruits. And this fruit, it was an ugly fruit. It was murmuring, complaining, disobedience, like we just read. They had witnessed such awe inspiring miracles, and yet they failed to believe he would be true to his word. So their hearts turned away. They hardened and they missed out. They missed out on so many amazing promises for them, for generations. See, obedience at its core is faith put into action. We obey because we trust him. We take the next step one in front of the other, even when we cannot see what he's doing or where he's taking us because We trust him. And we trust that he has our best interest in mind. We trust that he does truly care for us, even when we cannot see it. And I am gonna say something, though. You might be thinking, oh my gosh, I have doubts all the time. God's not gonna answer my prayer. No, that's not the way it is. See, I know that sometimes the fight in here my mom used to say that there was a crazy lady living in our mind. I'm sure she's right. You know, we'd, once something starts in here, and we let it go, we can't catch the crazy lady, right? And sometimes it feels like doubt and unbelief, and all these questions come up in our mind, it just feels like Armageddon, we can't make it stop. We can't stop the questioning. He knows that too. And I, I believe that this specific verse is in the Bible so that you and I know that he has compassion on those who are struggling with doubt. Matthew 9, 23 and through 25, Jesus was talking to this dad, I believe, and um, he was saying, like, if, if you can, please heal my son. And Jesus goes, if I can. Anything is possible if a person believes. And the father cries out. I do believe, but help me. Help me overcome my unbelief. Help me. Help me because I want to believe you. I promise. But sometimes I just, I can't. He knows that. He knows our hearts. He knows when we're really begging him to help us. It's the only way, but we have to fight it We can't let it come in and sit. We can't let doubt come in and make a home in our hearts or in our minds. We cannot allow doubt and unbelief to take root in our hearts. And that is what this is all about. See, this generation that didn't stay in the desert, there was a younger generation of Israelites, and they were allowed to go in the promised land. They were now adults. And Moses had just died. Joshua was now their new leader, and they were at the gates of walking into their promise. I can't imagine the excitement. We're finally going to get to go in to this promised land. It's finally going to happen after 40 years. I mean, seriously, none of us have waited that long. Yes? So here they are. They're about to go in they're about to do something amazing and this is where we find them in joshua 3 verse 5 through 17. Um, you can read it behind me also the bibles i'm gonna read it's a pretty big chunk but follow along with me please joshua told the people consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the lord will do amazing things among you joshua said to the priests take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people So they took it up and went ahead of him. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and all the ites. I'm going to skip. See, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord set foot in the Jordan, the waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke the camp to cross to the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carry the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing and it piled up in a great In a heap at a great distance at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Sarathon, While the water flowing down from the sea of... All these names, guys. That is the Dead Sea was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. And the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground. While all of Israel passed By until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. That's amazing. Can you just imagine for a second? Like I know we've seen movies and all that, and we have an idea. No, we don't. We have no idea. No idea what this might have been like. And there's so much in this passage, but I absolutely love the way that Joshua calls them and God starts talking to them. He says to them, this is how you know that God is going to be with you, go with you, and defeat your enemies. This is how you're going to know. And what did he say? He said, his presence is going to go before you. The ark is going to step in first and he's going to make a way and then you're going to walk. I thought that was amazing. And I think that's the same for us. God is making a way for you and for me to walk into this year. If you belong to him, he's already in 2020 and 2021 and all the 20s to come. He's already there. His presence is making a way for us to walk into something. He's opening doors. He's opening Jordans. There is something that he is preparing, and he's preparing you for it as well. Now, I do find it amazing that at this point, we don't see the people of Israel stop Joshua and be like, hold up, you're new. So I, I don't know about this. You're a new leader. You've never done this. Like Moses we know, but who this, right? So no, they, they, they're, like, they're, they're listening. They're saying, okay, he says to walk. God says to walk. We're going to walk. We don't see them questioning, is the water going to open? It's harvest season. It's really, really crazy in the Jordan. I don't know if this is going to work. Is it going to be dry? Am I going to get my sandals wet? No, there's no questions. He said, walk, and everybody walked. He said, get up, and everybody got up and they crossed. And they crossed on dry ground, which is the most amazing part of it all. And everybody, an entire nation, made it through. An entire nation. It must have been amazing to see. But you know what? God wanted to make sure they didn't forget that. They didn't forget that moment and that lesson. He wanted them to remember this forever. He wanted them to look back when they were about to face giants and when they were about to face all the ites and all the things that were coming and say, no, God Open this, we crossed, we're good, he's good, he's making a way, it's gonna be okay. He said that he was walking before me, so he's gonna take me all the way. So he wanted to make sure of that, and let's keep reading in Joshua 4. This is what he tells them. The whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, and the Lord said to Joshua, Choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them, Take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan from right right where the priests are standing. And I think that's really awesome because God always made them stop right there. This is where it's happening. This is where you're going to make a memorial. Or this is where we're going to commemorate this place. So he tells them to go in the middle of the Jordan, right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you. Take the stones, put them, and take them to the place where you're going to stay tonight. So Joshua called the men, he appointed them, one from each tribe, go over before the ark, each of you take a stone on your shoulder according to the number of tribes, to serve as a sign among you. Look at this, verse 6, to serve as a sign among you in the future. And when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan, were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So they did as Joshua commanded. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, and according to the number of the tribes, as the Lord had told Joshua, and they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. And Joshua set up 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to this day. That's pretty impressive. They're there to this day. I don't know if they're there to this day, but when they wrote it, yes. God was very intentional. There is nothing that he does that is not on purpose. He wanted them to stop in the middle of their miracle and take note of it. He wanted them to stop in the middle of what they were doing and say, we're going to remember this and we're going to remember it forever. And it's going to feed our faith when we look, when we walk forward. When we see that they're coming for us, when we see that things are going to get dark is what do we say before it gets better? better. It's going to get a whole lot worse. So it probably did. It probably felt like this is a promise. We should just be like waltzing into Canaan. What's with the circling and the screaming and the waiting, God? That's how he had them do it. That's how he wanted them to do it. He wanted them to trust him. The Israelites had a promise, but they still had to walk it out in faith. God knew it wasn't going to be easy. So he reminded them, I'm going to do this for you, but you have to trust me. And you have to remember what I'm doing now. I won't let you forget. You will memorialize this moment in history in such a way that you're going to tell it to your children for generations to come. You're going to tell them about God's goodness. God was preparing them. And you know what? There's something crucial about this too, because they were not only about to have a very difficult, um, they were going to have a battle, and they had to conquer over and over. It wasn't just going to be easy. If you remember a couple of pages back in the Bible, um, they had already spied on Canaan and Jericho. And the first time they gave it a go, they came back crying and scared, and they were saying, The people in there are like giants. We're grasshoppers next to them. That's not true. But that's what they were saying. They were so scared and so afraid, and they filled everybody else with doubt and fear. Those people didn't make it in. So here they are again. All right, we're going to give it a second go. Same wall, same folks, still giants apparently. How's it going to go? Are we going to trust them this time? Or are we not? See, there were still a lot of victories to be won. But also, and this is incredibly important, God knew that after they would finally conquer and they would settle down, they would enter a season of rest. And he also wanted them to remember him then. He wanted them to remember him when things were good. You know why? Because there's danger in both situations. There's danger, per se, when the fight is really hard. And when things look really impossible. And when the unknowns and the doubt, they tempt me to doubt how faithful God is going to be to me. And they tempt me to doubt His goodness towards me. And it seems hard to remember that God has come through for me at any point in my life. But there's also a danger of forgetting God when things are going too well. God didn't want them to forget where he had rescued them from. He didn't want them to forget how much they needed him. He didn't want them to get cocky once they felt secured and safe and settled. He was the one that would bring them to victory, but they needed him to stay in victory. And they needed to remember that and even before this day came god warned them through moses before he even passed he was getting ready to go because he knew god had told him listen time's up i'm gonna take you so get it together you know say your last prayers bless the people and he did but he also left a warning and this we're going to find in deuteronomy 8. look at this says be careful to follow every command that I'm giving you today, so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on on oath to to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during 40 years. Now, then in your heart, know then in your heart that as a man disciples his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in in obedience to him and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Now listen what this land is going to be like. It says, this land with brooks and streams and deep springs gushing out into valleys and hills. A land with wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates and olive oil and honey. A land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks are iron and you can dig deep copper out of the hills. And look at this, verse 10. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God. For the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. Failing to observe his commands, his laws, his decrees that I'm giving to you today. Otherwise, when you eat and you're satisfied, when you build your fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and your gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land." With snakes and scorpions that he brought you water out of a rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known. To humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and strength of my hands have produced this for me. But remember, remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. That's a big warning. Moses knew them, but God knew them. God knew their heart. He knew that in the hard times... They were looking to him. They were asking him. They were there. They were complaining, but they were there. But he knew, once you settle down and you have everything you need and you lack nothing, you're going to forget me. It's going to be so easy for you to say, I made it this far. I have everything I need. What do I need him for? Don't forget him. He warned them, do not forget your God. Don't forget where he's brought you from. Don't forget the miracles he did for you. Don't forget that you were a slave, don't forget. Now that you're doing well, don't forget. Don't forget his provision and don't forget that you're only where you are because of him. Listen, no matter what season you find yourself in, don't forget to remember what God has done for you. If we haven't given up yet, it's because of him. If we're here today, it's because he's faithful. If we're in a season of abundance and everything seems great, don't forget, it's because he's been good to you. Don't think it's your own strength or your own doing. Remember, remember, remember. Stop and remember. Think of all he has done for you to feed your faith, but also to starve your pride. Don't let your heart think that you can do anything without him. And don't forget that with him you can do anything. Either way, we need to remember. What God did, What did God tell the Israelites when they looked back? Tell your kids. Tell people. Be a people that are thankful. Be a people that look back and say, Look what God has done for me. Truth be told... The Israelites forgot him over and over. And we know this. We've seen it in scripture. But we're meant to learn from their example. We're not meant to repeat their mistakes. We're meant to learn from them what to do and what not to do. Do what you must to remember. And when you do remember, let it birth a song of gratitude in your heart. These things have fruits. Just like doubt bears Murmuring and complaining, thankfulness and gratitude come from remembering what God has done. Don't wait until you're in the promised land to praise and celebrate God either. You know what? Do it now. Do it now. Before the crossing of the Jordan, when the walls are still up, when God hasn't fulfilled his promise just yet, praise him. Before he works it out, before you get your answer, remember what he's done and cultivate a heart of gratitude. Praise him before your breakthrough, like we sang before. Sing, lift up your voice. You might be crying while you're doing it, but that's okay. Remember his goodness. Lift up your voice even louder than the unknowns, even louder than the unanswered prayers, even louder. Stop dwelling In the things that are not solved yet. And remind your soul his goodness. How good he has been to you. I'm sure there's something to remember. And because we trust him, we follow him. And because we trust him, we sing. And I want you to see one last verse with me. Hebrews 13, 8. Says Jesus Christ is eternally changeless, always the same, yesterday, today, and forever. The God who opened the Red Seas and who healed the sick and who raised the dead, and the God who provided for his people water from rocks, and the, God, and the God who made bread from heaven come down on his people, he didn't leave them. He never faltered, and he has brought you this far. You may not see it. You might be in a situation right now when you're like, Paula, I don't see anything that God has done. You're here tonight. Somebody might have brought brought you, invited you. You might have heard somehow he's speaking to you. That's also his goodness. He is the one walking us into this decade. And he's not going to fail you. He's going to be faithful. He was faithful. He's going to remain faithful. And you're going to see it. And I want to finish tonight doing something We're going to sing in just a minute, but I want you, I wanted to give you something tangible so that you could remember, so that you could stop when you're struggling, when you're thinking of a million things, and I asked the ladies to help me out. You're going to receive something so that you can remember. And every time that you're struggling with doubt or fear or anxiety or unknown, I want you to maybe look at your rock. You can go ahead and pass them out. And start naming things that God has done for you. Start saying, thank you, God, for providing for me. Thank you, God, for bringing me through. Thank you for the job that I have. Thank you for my children. Thank you for my husband. Thank you for my baby. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you were anxious or angry or panicking and you start saying thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've done for me this far, I promise you there's no way that you can remain in that spot. When you open up your mouth and start thanking him today. So, we're going to stand up and we're going to sing together. And we're going to decide to be women of praise, women of gratitude, women who remember the goodness of God. In 2020 and the years to come, we're going to interrupt our worry, our fear, our unbelief with praise. We're going to interrupt our pity parties with praise. We're going to say thank you, Jesus, for everything that you're doing. And I'm going to thank you for what is to come, even when I don't see it. Even when I don't understand, I'm going to thank you, even now, before you answer my prayer. Lisa? (laughs) There's Lisa. I'm going to pray. Lord, we thank you so much. We want to start and finish our night, but start our year by saying thank you. We want to remember who you are. We want to remember your faithfulness in our lives. We want to remember your goodness in our lives. Yes, there's been hard days. Yes, there's been difficult situations, but you're here and you're with us and you're bringing us through, Lord, and we don't want to forget that. We don't want to forget how good you are. And we don't want to forget that you won't stop fighting for us that you're going to bring us through lord you're the same god who opens seas and who raised the dead and heals the sick you're gonna make a way but while you do we want to lift up our voices and praise to you thank you jesus praise before I breakthrough again.